stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick. And this week, I'm joined by Zach's senior stock strategist and the editor of the Taser and Healthcare Innovator Portfolios, Kevin Cook, to discuss the growth stocks and what's going on with them. Is the growth stock rally over? Is this just a dip? Should we be buying the dip? What is happening out there with the growth stocks? Kevin, they've been our bread and butter for years now, but especially over the last year. And it feels kind of painful right now. So should we clarify what we mean by growth stocks? Do we mean, you know, yeah. how many different areas of technology? And is it just technology? No, I think it's it includes like some of the healthcare, the like, you know, some of the biotechs and drugs, medical products. A lot of those are big growth names. And what about retail in. like um, I don't know, restoration hardware? Um, yeah, I would put some of those in the into the growth category. Or yeah, Lulu. Definitely. Is, is yeah. Lulu's yeah. Still growth stock? For yeah. sure. The, yeah, those real hot uh, retail names like the Lulus and um, RH for sure. Let me think who else maybe. If I was going like- to put a metric on it, I would say that um, the reason we call them growth stocks uh, is because they do tend to have revenue growth over 20%, Yeah, which is, which is great. What every investor loves. And, you know, and until that flattens out, um, what happens is investors pay higher multiples for those stocks. They'll pay Correct. 10, 20, even 30 times sales um, for something yeah. that can grow sales at 20, 30, 40%. Right, right. And that is that is what those, uh, at least Lulu for sure, investors are willing to pay the higher valuation to get that one. Um, RH isn't as expensive as you might think, even though it is growing its revenue in the double digits. So it would qualify as the growth, but it's not. Yeah, I see 30, 32% revenue growth this fiscal year. Yeah. Um, and it, it, you know, it drops off next year, but sometimes analysts just haven't updated their model for, for next year. <laughs> Correct. And they are about to report earnings, both of those companies actually. So mm-hmm. they'll be updated once they, they report again here. But you know, some of the big names that everybody was has just been buying and loving, like fintech names, those have just been getting hammered, like PayPal, for instance. I know it's been talked about endlessly the last couple of weeks, but it's now down 34% in just the last three months. And I looked up what the valuations were doing on that one. So it is cheaper than it used to be <laughs> with this pullback. So, but uh, price to sales nine times, that's not as bad because it was as high as 16 times this year on the price to sales for PayPal. Yeah. So, you know, that one's getting hammered pretty good. But I'm a big, I'm a big uh, Square fan, as you know. And yeah. so I'm perplexed at both Square and uh, PayPal falling off the map here. It right. almost makes me wonder, is is there something I'm missing that's going to happen either regulation-wise or cryptocurrency-wise or something that's going to hurt the Square and PayPal business models, even though they're dominators in fintech? Um, it just makes me wonder if I'm missing something that, you know, that somebody else sees. I don't know. I, I've been trying to figure it out, but 
a lot of people have big gains in a lot of these stocks. So I feel like a lot of them, if they're new investors, are just kind of like, hey, I'm cashing in and I'm going to go move to the sidelines. Yeah, when you get these, um, you know, successive downtrends that just persistent sell offs, it tends to keep forcing out new layers of old longs. You know, yeah. So anybody who's who has long-term gains in PayPal from under a hundred bucks is getting forced out now because they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't think it would go down this far. I, right. I better I better grab them while I can. Right. Right. Um, yeah, we're seeing that with a lot of names. But what about like some of the healthcare names like Exact Sciences? You and I have both owned that one in various portfolios. Yeah. And I oh, own yeah. it in my own personal portfolio. I just had to sell it out of my value investor. It's down 35% year to date here now. And it's it seemingly it's kind of found some support here above $80, but it's just been down, down, down for Exact Sciences. Yeah, if there was, um, you know, if there were some doubts about, you know, how how quickly they would monetize, you know, new segment growth areas. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they just basically it was a it's a re-rating of the valuation. You know, right. they're uh, they're looking out like, hey, uh, it'll take us a couple more quarters before we see how these new uh, business areas and R and D are going to work out. Um, what about some of the names that are like more recent IPOs or kind of like the meme type of stocks? Like I'm thinking DraftKings in particular, DKNG is the ticker with that one. Year to date now, the shares are down 27%. They they are still don't have any earnings, but this was a popular one kind of out the gate and it's just down, down, down seemingly every day now. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to take big software like PayPal and Square to the woodshed, anything related to software and e-commerce. You know, we've we've talked about Pinterest. Um, let me look at Shopify and see if that's still holding up because Shopify made the breakout to 1700. It's, it's still holding above 1500. Shopify yeah. probably, probably looks the toughest of anything. Yeah, I looked at that one as well because I, I was thinking, okay, if if Shopify is still holding up, then we might not be done with the sell-off yet. Because I do feel yeah, like could, some of these big names have to kind of at least do a 5% pullback to actually have the selling be done. Yeah, and what I what I think Shopify has going for it is, is it is it did a big long sideways action for a while. So it's now still it's trading now it's above the price that. to sales at 47. Right. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the next Amazon, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. One um, way for uh, people to easily track software um, that I like to look at, uh, there's two ETFs that you that give you sort of the barometer for health for software. And most people don't know what they are. Um, oh. Like everybody knows the socks for semiconductors. But for software, yeah. you want to look at the IGV. And IGV is cap weighted so so paypal and salesforce and adobe and microsoft you know are going to show up big in the igv that's still holding up pretty good where you see the pain is in the xsw which is the equal weighted software um and that made highs of like about 187 bucks now trading 165 and it's it's back to levels that we haven't seen since 
um, well, since the summer, you know, so it's, okay. it, it could find support here where it did in July, um, that basket of the equal weighted software, which is where you're seeing a lot of the big pain. Like I owned a little Shopify, big commerce, B I G C. And they are just destroying that stock. We had a great earnings report. It got all kinds of upgrades. Um, and it, it got off the ground from 40 shot back up to 64 and now it's trading 43 again. And wow. looks like it's getting ready to make new lows. So there's just no mercy out there for any of the software valuations that got that, that got too extreme. There were a lot of things trading 20 or 30 times sales and all that is just getting compressed. So is one of the biggest holdings in the IGV Microsoft then? Is that why I, that's? I believe up? so. I okay. believe Microsoft is and, uh, and Salesforce are two of the biggest holdings. Okay, because Microsoft is down only 0.3% over the last month. Yeah. So it basically, you know, is uh, an area of safe haven right now, at least so far. Yeah, I'm looking up. This is iShares, the IGV. So I'm, I'm going to look it up and I can just tell you the weightings. Okay. Um, yeah, Microsoft is probably the big dog here. So actually, that's actually Salesforce is, well, Salesforce and Microsoft are tied at like nine and a half percent. And then it's Adobe, Intuit, Oracle, ServiceNow, Autodesk. So yeah, the big guys. A lot of those are still holding up. We're going to get the earnings from Salesforce here. Okay. This week. So um, that should be an interesting one. Um, Tag that paper in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what are you thinking about some of the other FANG names that, you know, are, aren't overpriced? Um, some like Facebook or Metaverse, as it's now known, but still going by FB. And it's trading with a peg ratio of almost one now. Well, you know, this is a conversation like you and I have been having for, you know, at least four years. Um, you know, are the FANG stocks fads? or are they real growth machines? And the fact of the matter is because of their dominance of scale, they are growth machines. And um, you know, they've, uh, they're just, you know, they have huge cash piles, they can borrow cheap and, um, and they just, they can move into new areas and generate new business ideas. They don't have to go out and spend 20 billion to buy another company when they can do, they can put 2 billion into R and D and come up with something completely new. Um, so, you know, that's, and so what, so th those are the fundamentals. What keeps this, the stocks where they are is that large investors realize that, that they, they, if they have to have ballast in their portfolio, it's gonna be large cap tech growth. So what do you, what's your advice for investors here? This is the first big sell-off for a lot of people. So they're yeah. they're like they're confused, they're emotional. There's some might be scared a little bit here, especially if they own something like PayPal, which just keeps going down, and they've not seen anything like this. Should so they mean, be buying here, or should they try to dollar cost average? Can they try to time it? Yeah. Should they so wait you, for some bigger capitulation? I don't know what that would be, but. <laughs> So you mean new investors uh, who have joined us in the big game since yes. after the Corona crash? Yes. The Corona crash was pretty brutal. <laughs> that was brutal. Yes. But a lot of people got in after that and yeah. they've been riding this big wave up the recovery, the reopen trades. 
that's all been fun. Heck, even buying, you know, the airlines, that was fun for a while. So anybody who got in and then watched the software stocks take off in 2020, like, you know, just all of a sudden you realize that, that, um, you know, we were going to have 10 years of digitization in 10 months. Um, The digital revolution made software just fly in 2020. And, and then it just kept going. You, you know, so then, then people start to drink the Kool-Aid that, oh, it's always okay for software to trade at 30 times sales. <laughs> and um, I won't mention the person, but I saw you had a, 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 you were debating somebody on Twitter who, who is a software investor. And, you know, people are out there trying to justify how you need yeah. to buy this dip. Um, and I would say, you know, yeah, you could buy a basket of software stocks or you could buy the triple Qs. But the best thing is to get to know a company and be and buy the company because you believe in its market potential. Now, I did that with big commerce and I still believe and I actually might buy more big commerce down here um, just because I think I think next to Shopify, they're getting they're the little guy getting the most traction in e- e-commerce. Um, and they they actually have a partnership with PayPal. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that's what's hurting big commerce is that a partnership with PayPal. But um, so I, I think it's always a great time to get to know companies and get to know business models. Um, for instance, I did uh, I did top stock picks yesterday on Monday morning that we always do. We We rotate that duty. And I picked a company called New Relic. New Relic is software analytics, and they had a blowout report in early November that launched the stock 38% in one day. And I'm going to see where it is now if, if, and I think it's going to hold up. What's the ticker for New Relic? uh, N-E-W-R, newer. How small is small? How small is the company? Yeah. Um, It's a mid cap. So it's, uh, I want to say 7 billion. Yeah, it's a 7 billion market cap. Okay, so we're not talking about some, you know, like $700 million. Now, this was a stock I tried to own before the corona crash, and then I got flushed out just because they hated all these software analytics companies. And But this one's in a unique niche. It's in in, um, APM, which is Application Performance Management. And what these companies do is they monitor your, your SaaS, your cloud, your apps, and tell you when stuff's breaking down or if there's bugs or if there's an outage and they try and they're almost like first responders for your, your stuff going down. Because if your stuff goes, if your you know, if your communications or software goes down, then that hurts your customers and you want, you want your downtime as little as possible. So new relic and pager duty is another one in this space, but specifically about new relic, um, you know, so the stock pops 38% one day and it's holding above this 110 level, which was old resistance. And I think it's a buy here. And uh, like some of the analysts just fell all over themselves. Like the guy from uh, from JP Morgan, Audi, he did a double upgrade from underweight to overweight. You know, he just skipped neutral altogether. He's like, this company is now executing properly. And so what I want to bring up about about business models with software and SaaS is that when I did this profile of New Relic, and you can watch the video on Zach's, I went to their homepage and I noticed they had a really unique selling proposition. They were, they said, free forever. 
no credit card required. Huh. And how, you know, how is that possible? Well, what they're doing yeah. is they're offering it to one person at your company, free forever to that one person okay. with a limited amount of data. And oh. what that does, it's like the perfect test drive, right? Yeah. So that person yeah. gets to go in and use it and see, does it work? Does it work for us? And then they get to sell you more, more seat licenses and more data usage. Um, right. And the model seems to be working for them. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll be checking in on that one. <laughs> but it hasn't pulled back or has that one pulled back too? Oh, no. I mean, like I said, it, 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 it was a rocket after its earnings on November 8th. Yeah. And it's only it's only pulled back a little bit. Like it soared 38% from 90, yeah, basically around 90 up to let's say 125-ish. Okay. And it's only pulled back to 110. Oh, okay. And, and today, okay. And I, I told people yesterday, I said, I think this thing's gonna hold 110. It's not gonna, it's not gonna fill that gap because they have re-rated the stock higher. So yeah. while we're talking about everything else in software getting re-rated lower, like Square and PayPal and Big Commerce. Um, and Pinterest and whatever else we can think of. Uh, New Relic has, is the exception now. Well, that's because it was more of a hidden gem and wasn't bid up like a right. lot of the others. And then it did have an even better than expected quarter. So yeah, yeah and it's uh, only growing sales around 16, 17%, uh, but it trades at under eight times sales. So yeah, it's, okay. not, a super, so, it's yeah. not a super high flyer. So your advice would be, for some of these ones oh. that are, we're still waiting oh. for them to crack. So let's look at like Pinterest. You just mentioned it. Yeah. So I, just, I just own clarify, it. You, you asked me about like what my advice was. So I, I gave yeah. a, specific, a specific example of getting to know a company. That's my right. biggest advice because okay. these companies are exciting unless you, and they can be exciting, but they can also be interesting. And unless you know what really what a company does and like Tracy, you're, uh, I always remind people, every company you own, you're on the conference calls. So not only do you understand the fundamentals, you're listening to management. And I think that's so important that that's what people need to do now is they need to take interest in a company, study it and get on the conference calls and learn as much as you can about it so that when there is a sell off, maybe you see the value that others don't. Right. So Pinterest was around $80 and now it's at $40. So oh, remind me. <laughs> yeah, I know. So you have to split in two. But uh, following your philosophy of getting to know the company, if you did know Pinterest, you wouldn't be panicking uh, on that 50% um, mm -hmm. because hopefully you're holding it for the longer term. Right. And because you know the rest of the fundamentals and what's going on at the company, that this is basically the shares going on sale here falling this much. So yeah, I, I thought so. You know what? And you were. Uh, you were a, a pins investor. You bought it for under 20 bucks, I think, for your value yeah. investor. And yeah. I, I missed that trade. But um, so I've learned a lot about the company from you about how they've evolved. Yeah, they they had a great 2020 during the during the stay at home shutdown. Um, right. And then somehow investors think that's all over with. But they actually are doing a lot of cool things. They're doing stuff with, you know, they're expanding into e-commerce. They're using video. They got the, they got the, the video guru from YouTube is now working for them for yeah. content creation. So um, I just saw it as sort of another mini e-commerce platform slash social media that, that could compete on some level with a Facebook or a Shopify. Right. For sure. But, you know, it could 
we could still see some more weakness here before it bottoms out. I don't know, but we'll see. But again, all this is buying opportunities for some of these names where you know what's going on behind the scenes and you know that it has good fundamentals. Yeah, you can't so, just take somebody else's word for it. You, you really right. do have to do your own homework so that you believe in it. Yeah, I think that's key too. I think a lot of people just buy, you know, whatever the hot names are, but what's being mentioned on Robin Hood or whatnot without really um, knowing much about the company or even really why they're buying it. What about, what about Peloton? We've talked about that before, and I, I keep hearing good things about the the growth story and you know the their captivation of their customers, um, and that it might be cheap here. <laughs> that uh, looks a lot like pins from 170 to 43. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm kind of mixed on that one because I'm not sure how many people are going to keep buying the the bike. I don't know, but they also have the subscription where you can, um, you know, get all the content too. It has been a big driver for them. But as the shares get cheaper, it could be an interesting play. I'm not yeah, sure what I think about. I that. think I've mentioned before that um, our buddy Howard Lindzen, the founder of StockTwits, is a big fan. You know, he's a he's a guy who bikes on the road, and he also loves everything about the Peloton ecosystem at home. Yeah. Um, and it's trading for. God, is this right? Is it trading for two times sales? I see six mm -hmm. billion projected revenue next year, um, and the market cap is uh, thirteen billion. So a little over two times sales on on a forward basis. I mean, that's pretty cheap if if they really are building um, a software ecosystem that you know it. They have like crazy devoted fans, right? Is that the kind of customers they you do. think you have? Yeah, yeah. they do. But the, the worries were that a lot of them were not going to stick around once I see. the gyms reopened and things happened. But now, now maybe the gyms aren't going to reopen. And Omicron. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, if you can get it a lot cheaper with any of these. Um, I'm the value investor, so I like to look around and see what kind of deals there were, which is what I did with Pinterest on the original coronavirus sell-off. Um, I, I liked the company when all that was going on. And so we did find an opportunity to get in there real cheap on the panic selling. So some of these names, yeah, people might, you know, the market's going to overshoot wrongly probably on some of these to the now, downside. For your value screen, is price to earnings multiple the primary metric? On some of the screens, yes. But okay. I run alternative ones now that look for some other factors, like even like, uh, well, price to sales. I do like to look for price to sales. And then I also just look for those that are values within their sector or industry now, because that's happened quite a bit over time where something like a Facebook, you know, starts to trade down near 20 times earnings or now with a peg of almost one. That a peg of one is a value peg. So yeah. I, I do go beyond the normal classic value, as we like to call them, with mm -hmm. just like the PE ratios and all that to look for value within a sector. Yeah. And uh, scrolling down here, by the way, um, a lot of the, the figures I'm giving your audience here are right off of the zax.com detailed estimates page, where I can yeah. get a summary of 
uh, revenue growth, you know, revenue estimates and projected growth and EPS estimates. Now, the problem with Peloton is that um, they they were climbing towards prob- profitability last year where they lost 64 cents, but yeah. then they gave it all back this fiscal year. They're losing $2.75 for, you know, over a 330% downside reversal. And uh, and next I think year, some of that, isn't that because the the treadmill issues and all of that? Oh well, yeah, I don't even know that much yeah. about it. But yeah. analysts for fiscal year ending June of 23, so we're we're still in fiscal uh, 22 that ends in June. Next yeah. year, they're still not projected to be profitable. So yeah. that's you know, as investors are looking at, yeah, the sales growth is nice, but are these guys you know ever going to make money? Right. I I do look at that. <laughs> I know yeah, some people to. don't. Yeah, but you you do want to see improvement. I have bought some companies that didn't have earnings, even in the value investor, if I knew it was going in the right direction. In fact, when we bought Pinterest originally, it it was negative, but it looked like it could go positive. And then with the pandemic, it did because they gained all those subscribers and a lot in the advertising area during the pandemic. But um, I also knew from listening to those conference calls that they did have a track record to getting there, you know, that they were getting close to getting there uh-huh. and that they were likely to achieve it. So I was okay buying it. But some others, yeah, I'm a little bit more iffy on depending. Um, exact sciences, they're not earnings positive yet, I don't think. Oh, uh, back to, since you brought up exact sciences, I wanted to mention the bloodbath for ARK invest funds. So this this is a dynamic that is, I'm not, it's not causing the meltdown in biotech or software, but it is sort of exacerbating it as investors, you know, question, you know, did Kathy Wood's funds run up these stocks too high? And so now we're swinging, the pendulum's swinging back the other way. So if we just want to talk about healthcare, we can focus on um, ARKG, A-R-K-G, which is the Genomics Revolution ETF, yeah. uh, you know, all-time highs of 115, now now making, you know, more one-year lows today almost at six below 63. So, and they wow. own, they're big buyers of exact sciences. I mean, they're buying, yeah. they love exact sciences and they love um, Invitae and uh, the CRISPR stocks, and they, they yeah. actually own them. Like, ARC will go out and buy Exact Sciences for its flagship innovation fund, ARK, and on the same day, they'll buy more for ARC-G. So yeah. they're just, they're just, and I, I don't, Kathy Wood's never gonna give up with her approach as long as she has enough money coming in right. because their time horizon is five to 10 years, which you know most investors can't think that way. No, <laughs> they're thinking six months. <laughs> and for Maybe. anybody who doesn't know, Exact Sciences is Cologuard. You know, the, that's that's their claim to right. fame. It's the it's the home cancer test. Of which I I saw that they were coming out with Cologuard 2.0, which will be it's it's supposed to be a better test than the original Cologuard. Uh-huh. So that could be that'll be um, you know a mover for the stock, but nobody likes it right now. <laughs> right. Except Kathy. Um, okay, so that's some good advice in there because I, I do think people are freaking out a little bit, the newer investors especially, because this is the first kind of big pullback in a lot of these growth names 
than you know we've seen since the original coronavirus sell-off. Like more except, than except Nvidia and Tesla, <laughs> they just keep correct. Going. <laughs> I looked at Nvidia, and one month it's up twenty six percent still. Yeah. So oh, oh, price oh. to sales thirty five times. But yeah, oh, I, I'm kind of keeping Nvidia as uh, and and even Tesla as two of my markers. If they pull back even like five percent, then maybe we're at the bottom there. If those two pull back, but so far, okay. Yeah, that much maybe, is happening. And maybe Shopify too. Yes, correct. Those three. <laughs> I even, and I, I'm I'm sort of eyeing um, uh, MetaZuck here, uh, Meta okay. platforms. Yeah. Um, you know, if if I get another shot at this, like you know, three twenty, three fifteen, I might uh, I might nibble there because I think you know that uh, investors just still love it and that with their with their scale and their reach that if if they innovate something right you know it's gonna yeah. it's gonna keep driving earnings yeah yeah agreed okay so we had a lot of stock tickers on this episode so i'll just run through some of them we talked about lulu and rh they're both going to report earnings soon and they're pretty pricey um, and we'll see if they get more of a pullback in this growth stock sell-off. Lulu is L-U-L-U, R-H is R-H. And I do own both of those in my own personal portfolio. We talked about Microsoft. We mentioned them, MSFT, Pinterest, P-I-N-S, Exact Sciences, E-X-A-S, Shopify, S-H-O-P, DraftKings, D-K-N-G, Square, S-Q, Salesforce, CRM, the new relic, which does the software analytics was N-E-W-R. Metaverse is sticking with the Facebook FB ticker for now until 2022, apparently. Um, Big Commerce, B-I-G-C, the little Shopify. Um, the software ETFs, IGV is the cap weighted and XSW is the equal weighted. Those, if you're interested in those, um, is that it? Oh, PayPal, we didn't forget them, P-Y-P-L, and Peloton, P-T-O-N, we mentioned them. I think that's everybody, it's close to it. Yeah, and Uh, and throw in ArcG. Oh yes, ArcG. ArcG is sort of a barometer for what's going on with biotech right now. Right, and I didn't mention NVIDIA, I I kept them off, (laughs) NVDA. And Tesla, TSLA, we know those, but I'll mention them anyways. So that's quite a list, a good watch list if you're looking at getting into some growth names um, and starting to watch them. So with the earnings season coming up or some of these about to report earnings, tune into those conference calls because they're always eye-opening, especially now with these new variants out there and uh, just you know the inflation issue, a lot of things going on. So the conference calls are really interesting right now. So anybody can tune in. All you have to do is, uh, you know, click the link on their investor relations pages, and it'll take you right to that conference call. Even if you can't listen live, you can always listen to it on recording, like just shortly after it ends. In fact, these days. So be sure to tune in. And as always, I'm going to be bringing you as many stocks and ideas as we head into the end of the year, end of 2021. I got some good guests coming up. So you don't want to miss a single episode of The Market Edge. 
Um, you can get us on Amazon Music. You can get us on Spotify. You can get us on Apple Podcasts, of course, and on SoundCloud. But be sure to get us somewhere, and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.